This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 976, Comic Talk, free comic book day edition. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 976. It's another Comic Talk episode, and I'm joined with my uh, my co-host today is Nathan Strzok. Nathan, welcome back to the show. Hi, hi. <laughs> so today's a fun one. Um, I have Good a schedule. I have, yeah, I have a schedule of what we're talking about. You do not. Um, so on the face of it, we recently did a road trip, um, which coincided with Free Comic Book Day. So I want to get into that and kind of talk about uh, the adventure and where we went and what, it, what the experience was like. Um, and that was also the episode that we recorded last week, which was on our way home from said trip, talking about Doctor Strange in the, multi- in the Multiverse of Madness. But before we get into it, I want to talk a little bit about the background of Free Comic Book Day. Do you remember the first Free Comic Book Day that you ever attended or did it ma- like? Was there something about it or something special about it or no? I mean, I guess my answer is going to be dissatisfying because I don't remember it. Okay. But I have comics from way far back. I think the first one, I think, was 2002. That's correct. Is that about right? It's been 20 years now. Yeah. And looking back at like one of my comic collecting apps, I think I have issues from that release. If not that one, maybe this from that date. I think maybe the second one. Uh, Batman versus Superman number one or something white cover okay. Guinness arts that's that's gotta be an early one I don't know if it's the first it's not the first but, the f- it's, it's so it's really interesting how it's changed over the years because I remember when it first started um, whenever you would get free comic book day stuff it usually was reprints um, it wasn't new material yeah. uh, it took yeah. a long time before they were actually developing new material because I'm the first one had uh, it was a uh, it was ultimate uh, ultimate Spider-Man number one was reprinted yes. partially. I don't think it was the full issue. That's the white cover, right? I didn't have that one. Okay. So the, there was a reprinting there. There was a Star Wars Tales of Jedi Weapon, or Jedi's Weapon from Dark Horse. Uh, there was Tomb Raider, a one and a half. Ooh. Uh, and uh, DC Comics had a Justice League Adventures comic, uh, which was based on the animated series at the time. And it was all reprints. It was no new material, but um, it's interesting to look back on it because now it's a big deal. Like, the big publishers get new stories released uh, for Free Comic Book Day, but back in the day, it was just about... They didn't know what it was. They didn't know what it was going to be, if it was even going to work. Um, and do you know the movie that helped, that was uh, connected to it that first time? I would imagine it was Spider-Man 1 based on the year. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was that weekend. Um, and when the original concept came up, and the, this one guy came up with the idea for Free Comic Book Day, the idea was, well, we have a big release coming up that's going to get more attention on comics, at least in discussion, which is Spider-Man, so we should coincide this Free Comic Book Day with that major movie release. And so most of the Free Comic Book Days that we've had have had a movie release right next to it. Not all of them, uh, but most of them have. Although some of the... It's actually interesting. Most of them have just been Marvel movies. Yeah, so I I do know now that I wasn't there for the... (laughs) Excuse me, for the first two years. um, Because I wasn't even in the country, so... I was not collecting actively at the time, mm. and I would have noted, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that that was the comic. I think I've seen that comic. I may even have that Spider-Man release, but 
the, uh, the one I'm thinking of is is a movie cover. Is that not right? There was a movie cover release, or was it just Ultimate Spider-Man that they released? I think it was year? just Ultimate Spider-Man. It might have been maybe a few. Like I, I have a spotty memory on some of these because I remember them fairly well up until I don't know, like early 2010s, because I just kept not being able to go because it was always that first weekend in May. And for many years uh, through my employer, we had an early access day at uh, Canada's Wonderland and it was always the same Saturday. So for years, I just missed out on free comic book day completely. Um, So I I just would never have a chance to go. So I missed out on a huge swath of them. Yeah, but I I recall not being that excited because of what you're talking about, because they were mostly reprints. So it was either stuff that I didn't want to buy like this is afterwards 2004 and upward mm-hmm. uh, it was either stuff I had already bought and didn't need to get again or was things I didn't buy and didn't need a printing like a, a, any printing of it so I kind of skipped it yeah now you and you and Amber over the years have gone to free comic book days together what has that experience been like Amber of course being your wife <laughs> yeah I um, we started dating in 2005 and that was the fall so it would have been our, I guess the first one we went to was 2006 and I think we have she's got the log of all of the books that she's really well yeah she can you know she came from a, a rural area a rural area and they didn't have a lot of comics and so it was extremely exciting to find them so a free comic book day was just this incredible experience for her and she was like I can take more well I'm sure take more and she's like wow and she's like, <laughs> and there were a number of stores like we have from Silver Snail and we have from One Million like they would have little stamps and they would stamp a mm-hmm. little kind of Space, I think they still have that space for stamping yeah. or for the address. Um and so now we kind of have like this little record of the years because it will tell you the year at the top and then the stores we were, we were finding these comics at and she's, she's kept them all they're all in this little box so yeah we have like a little I don't know tra- tra- a trail of breadcrumbs com- taking us back into some of our, our years of dating and the, the comics we were pulling that's pretty cool yeah now, this year, so when we originally planned a road trip, uh, it was a baseball road trip in theory, although, you know, you being added meant that we were going to do more comic booky stuff, which was fun. But when we originally planned this trip, we did not really look at a calendar and realize, oh, Doctor Strange is coming out on the Friday. Saturday's free comic book day. Oh, yeah, Sunday's Mother's Day. We're going to miss that completely. Um, so that definitely added an extra dimension to our trip because, you know, Paul uh, Scores and I, whenever we've done these trips in the past that were baseball-oriented, there were people who did not care at all about comics. So we'd usually, you know, kind of fit one or two comic book store quick visits in there, but that was it. So this was the first time where, uh, besides obviously us going to Chicago back in November, really being able to kind of delve into comic books there and actually spend more time and dovetailing with Free Comic Book Day, which was pretty exciting. So I want to talk about our experience with Free Comic Book Day, which started... I mean, technically on the Saturday, but really on the wee hours of Friday night, um, where, you know, we're in, we're sitting in our hotel, we're just playing video games. Uh, you know, we just got to Cleveland that evening and we happened to look at, uh, you know, which comic stores we want to hit up the next day. And I look at one and it says it's open and it's one thirty in the morning. And we're like, well, it can't be open. And we find out that yes, they're having a special event and they're, they're actually open and they're five minutes away. So we jump in the car and we go to this comic book store. Um, first of all, like, how did you feel about going to a comic book store at one in the morning? It was great. Yeah, I mean, not only is it a fun new experience, but it's the sort of thing that, you know, you're expecting pulling into town on a road trip that maybe maybe you'll get a bar that's still mm-hmm. kind of maybe closing or what else is open, a convenience store? Like, there's nothing. Yeah. The, the novelty of finding almost anything open is pretty neat, but a comic book store, especially on a trip we're checking so many comic book stores for very motivated collectors was great and it was like oh, there are people out there maybe there'll be like a whole 
community of, of collectors and there'll be people to talk to and just kind of get a sense of what the, the, the collecting group is like in this area. So, um, yeah, we had to try it and we didn't know for sure, as you said, and it, Google Maps said it was open. We went for it and lo and behold, there's a light on and it opens. No, there was an open sign or there wasn't. A sign I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure closed. the sign said closed. Or maybe it was an open yeah, open but sign, but it was locked. Yeah, it was definitely locked. <laughs> and there were people inside, so we couldn't help but you know knock on the door and see what would happen. What's the worst? And they invited us in, because I guess people had left. They had to arrive for the midnight opening, and then it's like 1.30 now. So until between whatever it was, 1.40 and, and midnight. and uh, Sorry, 2. And Adam, you're all you're giving us directions, trying to get us around these streets that are strange to us. <laughs> and, you know, is this kind of flashing stop sign? Is this, can I proceed now? And... <laughs> just trying to get all this advice to get there as quickly as possible you know, ways to be exciting this is where we are right other people are like wow I don't know what they're excited for some sort of narcotic at my time I don't really know <laughs> what cool people but like for us this is our drug finding comics and toys and fun stuff yeah so this was Superscript Comics and Games uh, which was and I was really impressed by how clean it was how well laid out it was um, really inviting and again it helps that we were there Again, one thirty in the morning, so they have a full, you know, uh, a full table of, of free comic book day. You can get fifteen comics each, um, which really took the you know the pressure off the next day when we made the rounds because we already had all the free comic book day issues we really wanted, and it really kind of made it more about you know looking around to see what we could you know back issues, sales, that kind of stuff instead of just you know kind of you know hoping we can get the free comic book days issue. So I really appreciated that part of it because we were the only ones in the store. We could eat, you know kind of look around casually. Um, we didn't feel like we had to kind of race through the stack of free comic book day issues in terms of choosing what you what you pick. So it was definitely a nice kind of um, uh, you know leisurely. Oh well, not too leisurely because we were also very cognizant of it. it was very late and we're sure these people want to go home, but. Uh, it was definitely more relaxed than if we had gone, you know, the next day. Yeah, and and again, props to them for being open, staying open. Um, we all kind of like, like, we got to get something here. Like, we have got to buy something and contribute. And this great store for helping us out. So, yeah, that was that was great. We I, I picked up a, a trade, a Moon Knight trade, and I know that you picked up a few single issues you've been missing. And all same thing. I think you picked up a few singles. Oh yeah, I think pretty much every store we went to, I had a list of single issues I've been missing because my store, I don't know, for whatever reason just has not been great about, you know, getting all their stuff in in the last like kind of 6 months or I guess last time we went was Chicago and that was the last time I kind of filled in the holes that they had created. Um so I had a pretty big list of all these kind of single issues. A lot of them were amazing Spider-Man issues. Um and we did actually fairly well at uh, getting them all. I think I'm only missing one issue out of like I don't know, 15 or something. Um so going to all these different stores was was great because um you know especially for me leaving kind of Toronto and what we're used to seeing in terms of what's available and going to a different community and you know finding all these back issues available uh, was was great it's it was a great experience in that respect and yeah every I think every place we went to I ended up getting something uh even the very last comic book store we ended up going to which we'll talk about in a in a little bit um even that one I was able to get a, a reprint of the or a second printing of a comic I'd been missing and then I realized why I could never find that issue but we'll get there are we, are we talking about maybe the quest that I was on do you want to pardon me do you want to talk about the quest that I was on that Absolutely. So what, well, I mean, I think in general, as you and I as collectors, um, in this day and age, whenever a lot of things have been recollected, there is a joy of going back and finding singles of books that will never be reprinted. 
um, and going back and finding stuff that's you know not going to be collected in something else, um, and that there's just you know something inherently special about that. So why don't you tell us what, what was in your mind? What were you looking for? What would you like to find? <laughs> um, I one of the first issues I ever collected at a comic book store, not a, not a not a spinner rack or a convenience store, was. Marvel versus DC. I'm going to keep calling it Marvel versus DC, even though it switches depending on the issue to DC versus Marvel. Et That's right, it does. But, but I think one in four is DC versus Marvel, and two in three Marvel versus DC. And it was Marvel versus DC issue two? Um, and I was I was there to find another another sorry not another an issue of the Green Goblin series that I was collecting by DeFalco and McDaniel. Mm-hmm. I think it was issue number four, and I couldn't find it at the convenience store anymore. So I was very keen to, to get to a comic book store, and I'm like, what else am I going to buy? And uh, this is this is before Onslaught. This is, you know, um, I, most of my knowledge of comics is com- is coming from, like, Comic Shop News, I think it was called, right? That was the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the kind of newsprint um, little paper that they would give you with free comics. And... Um, it just stood out to me. I picked it up and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I had no idea this was happening. I didn't know like the, the lead up or the voting. I didn't know how any of that was, was generated. And so I got issues three and four after that months later and then never found an issue one. Or if I did, I never found it for cost or a price that I enjoyed or I thought was, I don't know, worth doing and worth picking up because I guess I already got the end of the story and I had bought a few amalgam comics like Speed Demon and Dark Claw and stuff like that. And then the years go by, and I'm now realizing that I don't have a lot of space, and I want to kind of switch over to trade paperbacks, and so I started selling off a lot of my singles, and it got to the point where, like, I had so many boxes that I was just happy to get them out <laughs> of the apartment, and so I sold my Marvel vs. DC stuff, didn't think much of it, I had read them and reread them so much, so I'm like, okay, I know what that is, there'll probably be a paperback, trade paperback I can replace this with and have it on my shelf, not really paying enough attention and of course not thinking carefully enough of the fact that this is a joint venture between big two and the fact that it even happened the first time was astonishing and then happened years later with Justice League Avengers and I parted those issues as well kind of going okay I can pick that up and trade if I need to and now 2022 I'm kind of <laughs> right as we see those that reprint selling out like like, like, like lightning right mm-hmm. um, hotcakes so now I'm kind of going, look, I'm an old man and I want to buy back a lot of my childhood. <laughs> but also this is very, very difficult to find. And the trade goes for what, at least for Canadian, like a hundred bucks or more. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, can I find single issues? Are there people? Because I've been, <laughs> this is what you can do in more, more so in comic book collecting. And we've talked about this than with video games. I'm also a retro video game collector. And it seems like any retro game seller worth their salt will regularly up their prices they don't kind of go all right well turtles in time came in at 20 bucks i'm just going to leave that on my shelf until it sells they are they they know how volatile the market can be they know that after the pandemic prices skyrocketed and so in some cases doubled or tripled so that's you know they would want to make sure they're making money whereas with a lot of comic stores they have so much and they often don't know what they have that you can go in and find something that's selling on eBay for two, three hundred bucks, and then they've got it sitting there for MSRP. Because, and so I'm going to myself. All right, if I can find some people just selling this for cover price, I'll be I'll be sitting pretty. Like this will be much better than shopping on eBay. I've been checking all around shops in my area, hadn't found any issues. All bought out. I don't think I could find any amalgam either. No. And so I said to Adam, "This is what I'm looking for. This is my quest." 
this and a few copies of the Ben Riley Epic. It's not really called Epic Collection, but it's basically an Epic Collection. Yeah. And so that's mine, and then like uh, that's those are my white whales, and then Paul has his white whale, which is the <laughs> the word the the, the the Simonson Thor Volume Five. I don't know what year that was that came out. It's relatively new. It was because it was a, it was a newer printing of that kind of series. And then you were and you had your single issues here and there that you're trying to fill in like some like sonic issues. Yeah. No big white whales, but but I find that you are actually looking for Marvel versus DC. I didn't realize to what degree or to an amalgam too. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of like the whole time I'm talking about this, you're like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. And I don't realize until you start pulling out. Marvel vs. DC issues and throwing them unceremoniously <laughs> at me. Couldn't believe you did that. <laughs> they were bagged, but not, not all boarded. That's just true. Hazardly. And the nice guy that you are, you're like, well, you want these? And I'm like, you pulled them. You have them. You want them. I mean, you just mentioned to me that you were looking for these a moment before throwing them at my way. And you're like, yeah, but you wanted them. And I'm like, well, how magnanimous is this guy? What's going on over here? And you tell me that you have issue three. I do have issue three. I still have issue Which three. Means, so you you found a set of four. What is what are you to do? What's a comic collector to do? How about your friend who misses who's missing all four, mm-hmm. or get one, two, and four, and leave <laughs> me with three? And now I'm the guy with three. Oh my god, that never even struck my mind. So oh really? No. Oh. So let let's rewind. So we wake up on the on on free comic book day. Our first comic shop of the day is going to be Carol and John's, uh, which is again in the Cleveland area. So we're headed there. As we pull up, uh, both me and Paul realize we've been here before. Uh, we were at this store for the first time about eight years ago in September 2014. So we had forgotten, or I had forgotten, that this we'd been to this store. So the minute we get there, I'm like, we've been here before. Now, when we looked up this particular store, we knew that they did have a free comic book day event and that they actually had a gym shooter doing a signing. And I knew that we probably wouldn't be able to make it there. So when we get to this location, and again, this is one of those things where I'm really glad we went the night before at Superscript, is that they had all the free comic book issues were actually not at the store proper. They were at a slightly different location, like just a little bit ways away. So we see these two giant lines. One line is to get to the free comics. One line is for Jim Shooter. And it looks like we can just walk into the store, which we do. And I think they had 50% off back issues. And yeah, we had talked about Marvel versus DC. And it's always something I'd like to read again. I don't remember it very well. I remember issue three really well. But I never had the other issues. And I read them at some point. But again, I didn't buy that trade when it came out in the mid-2000s. Um, I didn't buy the Amalgam trades when they came out. And actually, it wasn't until we start sifting through the Amalgam books that I realized I have most of the Amalgam books. I was only missing seven or eight here and there. Um, but yeah, I, I, of course I want Marvel versus DC, but so do you. So we, you, so you, <laughs> of course, Paul didn't want it. Yeah, I guess. Well, Paul, he Paul's special. So he's, you're, you're looking at the kind of the, the, the first stack of, uh, back issues. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the Marvel verse section to see Marvel versus. And I see Marvel versus DC right there. And I pull it out. I'm like, oh my God, they have all four of them. And yes, I came over and just kind of tossed them your way. Cause I was excited. I was like, I found them. I found them for you. Like, I want to be that guy who's like part of the hunt. I've never seen you throw comics ever. <laughs> So that was shocking. Well, I mean, I wasn't like throwing them into damaging. I was throwing them onto other stacks, to be fair. There's a giant stack of back issues between us. I'm on one end. You're on the other side. There's like two, you know, long boxes length, and I'm tossing it towards you. I knew it was safe. It was sufficient of a toss that I thought you were joking. But I thought you would just grab some crap, and then you're like, (laughs) hey, look what I got. And then you threw it, and I'm just like, well, there's no way. 
Um, but I didn't even call attention to it, right? I didn't even say like I found them. I just kind of went here. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think they weren't them. I just thought they weren't anything of value. For sure. Um, but you know, they're hardy stock, I guess, and they're they're fine. They're um, very hardy stock, actually. Yeah, very nice, very nice cover. So you've only ever had issue three. Like, when did you come across issue three? You didn't read these back in the day. I I had issue three when I was a kid. So I guess at the newsstand or maybe at a free co- at a comic book store. I don't remember how I got it, but I know I paid for it. So I definitely like did buy it somewhere. The um, price, right? Like over. No, oh, yeah. Maybe like over five bucks or something at the time. It was the only issue I ever had, and then even with the amalgam stuff, like I had a bunch of the second wave of amalgam because I remember at Silver Snail, at, they had a, a North Toronto location back when up that closed, I think in ninety eight or ninety nine, and I remember them just kind of giving it away, like throwing it to people because they couldn't get rid of it, like no one wanted it. And I remember being like, "Yeah, wow. this is great. Like I'll read this." And I had read some of the Wave 1, but I'd never bought any of the Wave 1, I think, with my own money. I think I had JLX number 1, and that was the only one I think I ever actually paid for. Um, and then I eventually, I think a friend of mine gave me a bunch of amalgam books because he didn't care. And I was like, all right, this is cool. So that's how I kind of had my amalgam collection. But yeah, I, I think I read, I don't know how I eventually read Marvel vs. DC, but for, again, again, the longest time, I only ever owned and continued to, to this day to only own issue 3 myself. So... I never even thought about taking them for myself. I was just like, you're excited. This is what you're looking for. I found it. I was just excited to be part of that that story. Like, we all have this story of something we're looking for, and I wanted to be part of that story. So I was just excited to be there. And then you're like, well, I don't know. Like, should I? And then you were hemming and hawing, which is classic Nate, because they were a little little pricey. Yes, yes. But Because they're American, too, right? I have to do with all the conversion for American pricing. Yeah. And how much were they? Were they for the for the for the lot of them? Yeah, one and I believe it was one and four was they were each twenty bucks, and then the two and three were fifteen. The Marvel ones priced lower than the DC ones, which I was like, interesting. Is that a is that a thing that exists? Is that a real thing? Um, I guess one and four. I don't know the bookends. I don't really know why. Anyway, so it would have been about seventy dollars mm-hmm. US, which you know is putting it you know at about a hundred bucks, a little over a hundred bucks for me Canadian. And so, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, well, how much is the trade? Do I want this just the trade? Do I want to maybe – this is really the second place we've stopped at mm-hmm. for any real kind of size. Um, um, and so I'm thinking, well, the rest of the trip could happen and, and, and what do I want to do? And then I look and see a sign that says half price for, for, uh, for issues, back issues. So it was like a no-brainer at that point. I'm like, yeah, this is this is great. I'm going to do this for sure. Oh yeah, because it was going to be 35 bucks, which was about 46 dollars Canadian. So that's not bad. Although you still looked at me like, do you want these? And I'm like, if you do not buy these, I will absolutely walk out of these with mine. They'll, they'll would be mine. You, ha- you would have happily bought them, wouldn't you? Absolutely, I was it's ready. All on your- if you'd said no, absolutely, they'd be mine. Like, yeah, not not even a question because it, it what floored me, and I guess this is part, probably part of what you were thinking, right? The fact that we could, in the first place we stop, find all four issues, then maybe it's not that hard to find them, right? Because if that's yeah. the first place you go and you find a complete set of something that you know is relatively finite, then yeah, I, I can see why you might have thought, well, hold on, maybe I'll find them for cheaper. We're in America now. This is the blend of milk and honey. Like our cup of, could runneth over us or whatever. <laughs> Right, so I was just thinking, I was pausing, but then I'm like, "What's the half price?" And the best part—I mean, not the best part—the best part was getting the comics. But the second best part, well, we should bring it with friends. The third best part was <laughs> looking around, and you know, when you're in a collector area, because you get 
excited for something. You know, mm-hmm. Seinfeld would say hot and heavy. And you're really kind of beaming over something. And now you're like debating about like which one of us is going to buy it. You don't buy it. I'm going to buy it. And you start noticing the looks from other collectors around you who are going through back issues and other like trying to peep over and see what you're looking at mm-hmm. and see maybe if it's a value and maybe they want to get on out, get in on it or <laughs> to leave it unattended. Will it still be there? Like that kind those kind of looks of this, I don't know, tangentially adjacent excitement, I think is really fun for the community. For sure. And then we ended up getting a, they also had a stack of amalgam books, which was big as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that was fun. And, and I think there was what, two stores we ended up picking up amalgam books from? Yes, so the first one, uh, there was much, there was fewer. I only got like a few of them. But again, half price, so there was like what, one fifty. Which was exciting there was, again, you had said the number one amalgam book you want is Speed Demon. And I was like, the first one we found. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So now I think I have everything from Wave 1 except for Dark Claw. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Um, and Spider Boy, because I took Spider Boy. Oh, I, yeah. like, I was like, I that's need right. Spider Boy. Like, it's the one I'm. I have a lot of the uh, the Wave One, but I did not have Spider Boy. And I'm like, I really need this. It's Michael Ringo, his first time on a Spider character. I need this. That's yeah, the one where I put my foot down. I was definitely like, I need this. <laughs> no, I, I was more than happy. I mean, I was so happy to have the Marvel vs. DC. The Malcolm stuff is not. I'm not Jones and Ford. It's just, it's cool. It's neat. Um, they were cheap and. Um, I was just nostalgic, but um, Marvel vs. DC stuff is stuff that I really, really wanted, and it's something that now I can read the finally, I can read the full story. What is it, 1996 until now, yeah. 2022? I can read issues one through four uh, yeah. together. Not, not that it's going to like really change my mind about the crossover, and it's going to suddenly be amazing. I firmly believe that Justice League Avengers is a much better crossover. But, oh yeah, um, it is what it is. Well, for sure. I what I really enjoyed was that evening uh, as you, you know you going through the comic and just like. Listing off stuff that's happening, uh, commenting on the, just the ads in it. Like again, it's such a it's a you know it's, any comic book in some way will transport you to a different time. And again, yeah. the fact that you know a lot of the comics we sometimes read in these collections are like eighty stuff, and it kind of predates us being involved. But when you read something that's from that heyday of that period, and you know things that are going on there, it's really exciting. And again, it was nice to be able to share it all together, and you know we're all together going through this together. So obviously. This kind of made me think about I really want to own this as well. So now it's not the greatest copy, but I have a copy of the trade paperback on its way to me now, um, which cost me about a hundred bucks, so more than your issues cost. Um, and when did you, when did you bid on that? Did you bid on that in the car? Like, yeah. when, when did you do that? I did. I, I bid on it on the way back because remember it was like a seven day um, auction. You're like, and I'm like, I'm the first one. And you're like, yeah, but there's six days and 20 hours left, like whatever. And it never really got up too high. I think I paid like 50 US for it. But obviously, because we're in Canada, we have to pay shipping, we have to pay import fees. So it definitely climbed really quickly after that. But I think all in, it cost me about $100 Canadian. It's banged up a little bit in the corners, which I did not realize when I placed the bid because I was on my, my cell phone. I couldn't quite see those photos. But, but part of me doesn't care because, like, you know, if, if a corner is dinged on the back, it's not going to impact my reading experience. Like the fact is, I'm going to own something that's relatively difficult to have. Uh, in some ways, I think it's more rare than the original singles. It probably has printed yeah. a lot less copies. Um, so I'm excited to have it and be able to read it and be able to read it with my son. It's silly. It's fun. You got you got some ridiculous stuff happening there. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think what would you say is the most egregious thing that happens in Marvel versus DC? <sighs> Gosh, I mean, besides the and you, you and Paul were talking about the Aquaman Namor fight where you just feel like he was robbed. 
I think that's uh, I think that's the one, right? I think that to me is the silliest one. I mean, I guess uh, two and three would maybe be Storm versus uh, Wonder Woman, uh, as well as uh, the Wolverine Lobo fight that happens off panel, like behind a bar. Yeah, you kind of get robbed in that one. You do, but like, it, but that's not even like the most silly stuff, though, is it? I mean, like, it's up there. Yeah, some of the art, some of the art, some of the choices. Casalini, right? Casalini, I think his name. I believe so. Uh, Claudio Casalini. Um, I think I think he's a phenomenal artist. I I'm really excited to one day, maybe through the Epic line, be able to own his Silver Surfer mini mm. maxi series that was kind of like uh, published to like a year or two too late, and I'm so proud of it. And then like the editorial changed over Marvel, and they said, ah, not right now. Like that's something I've accepted to look at because I think it'd be marvelous, but. Some of his art is so exaggerated. I think that's there's some silly, silly panels, um, and and again the, the the these two brothers who represent the two universes then melding or something, and then there's a guy trying to tape a box together that represents the nexus of realities down an alleyway, and they just take for a homeless person. But there's a lot of just like weird, weird, weird things. But in terms of upsets, yeah, yeah, it's it's Namor and Aquaman and Storms electrocuting um, Wonder Woman a few times doesn't doesn't really work either no it doesn't um, some of the costumes are fun to see how in set in that era you have like a spider boy from that era that era and a Ben Riley Spider-Man and a Thor in a half top just ready to you know just ready uh, close to dying and you know, from the onslaught crossover mm-hmm. I guess so it is very much set in its era, and the uh, Aquaman with a hook hand, like that's fun. And the, the mulleted Superman, like, really enjoy that feeling of these characters. But now thinking about how these, like, not only their depictions, but um, how it would feel, how different it would feel to try to do this again with, and, w- and which characters would they pick? Would mm. Storm even be there? She maybe isn't the height of, of popularity that she was in the nineties. No, would be interesting to see. Actually, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, like which characters from the modern era would be there? Like Iron Man's not there at all. Like he's just not, no. Like he, he isn't a he isn't a page fighting steel. Yeah, there's a shot of him off the side, but yeah, he's nothing. He's not he's not a preeminent. Like that's really interesting again because it's such a from from such a very specific period in the '90s that yeah, some characters that you would just expect to be there aren't there at all, and like some characters you you see like briefly mentioned, like uh, I guess the the Captain Marvel is it Captain Marvel who fights Thor. Uh, Captain Marvel. Sure, Shazam. Wait, wait, which one? Shazam. Oh, Shazam. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. it is. I like that fight. I think it's kind of fun. I think that they do a few interesting things with Ferris wheels and mm-hmm. the fact that he can disrupt Billy Batson's lightning that he brings down. That is that is fun. Yeah. Um, Ele- Electra? Would Electra be there? Would even Catwoman? Maybe Catwoman could still be there. She She's might be there. But Electra? I mean, I was surprised to see Electra there. This is not her Greg Horn era where she was everywhere no. with Greg Horn covers. And this is well after the Frank Miller era so that was an interesting choice too like sometimes you're just like why but then yeah to see Silver Surfer against Green Lantern was Silver Surfer's star so grand at the time I don't think so I guess they needed someone cosmic to go up against Green Lantern though and they and they felt Janice Vell wasn't <laughs> no was it and, and now they would have the Captain Marvel Carol Danvers they would easily have her to fight a Green Lantern that's true yeah yeah, again, that's like in if you did any kind of Marvel vs. DC, I feel like you'd have some Guardians character showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, like, you'd have a Star Lord, wouldn't you? Against two. I mean, rather than Electro, you would have Gamora for sure. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I could see that. 
Yeah, it's, stuff yeah, like that is just. It's very it's interesting just, to imagine, yeah. yeah, what that would look like in the modern context because it is so different. I think the and DC. You couldn't vote. You couldn't vote because people would just get bots and they would ruin the voting system. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's very. I, so I, we haven't talked about it, but like, how open do you think that voting system was? How how yeah, like how legit do I think it was? Yeah, was it a toll free number? I think it was mail. It was mail only. Yeah, because they had ballots. That's right. They had ballots that were included. Yeah. Um, and it says in my issue number one that a ballot is included inside. Oh no, I have um, it's not the issue itself. I have a, I don't know, some kind of advertising. Yeah, you, you scored with your copies because you didn't just get the issues. You got some, mm-hmm. some supplementary content that just happened to be in the in the bags. Like, that's actually pretty impressive that you got this happy. extra. Yeah, very happy. But it did not have a ballot actually inside of that, and I was a little sad because I would like to see what the ballot looked like. I've never seen it. Maybe I should just Google it. I feel like I've seen it before, but I can't remember what it looks like. Maybe it's in the trade. Maybe they reprinted it, it in the trade paperback. It's probably not impressive, but whatever. Oh, no. Yeah, you got the trade coming. I'd be interested to see what such an interesting period. Uh, so I know the amalgam didn't mean much, I guess, as much to you, but it meant a lot more, I guess, to me. So the fact that I have, a, oh, I think, an almost complete list now of the most of the amalgam books is really exciting. I think I'm only missing the Dark Claw Adventures. That's the one that eludes me. I have a Legends of the Dark Claw, which you're you're not having from uh, the first series. Um, and actually, in our trip, I, t- I thought a lot about it, and I... I, can't, I keep coming close, but I think because I just spent this hundred bucks, I'm not going to spend another hundred bucks yet. But I do want to get the DC versus Marvel uh, trading cards, as well as the Amalgam trading cards, and the Amalgam trading cards more so in some ways because it just has like fictional histories of these characters who don't exist, and I love that stuff. Like that's what I always responded to in those original Amalgam, Amalgam comics because they felt lived in. Like someone put real thought into creating a world and a back history. And yeah, your mileage may vary depending on which issue you're reading. But the fact that they came up with like false issue numbers, and if you knew the characters that it was based on, there's hidden references even there in, you know, which references, which issue numbers, or what the issue's titles look like. Like it was a homage to something about that character's history. So I feel like someone was having fun. Um, and as a fan, and I've said this before because I was stupid, I was like 12, 13 years old, didn't know any better. I thought it was just this other company I'd never heard of before. And finally, I'm seeing their comics. Didn't realize it was just like, you know, a one month stunt. Um, I just thought it was a real thing because I was, you know, dumb and naive. But I do miss that part of me that was just that excited about this world that, that looked familiar but wasn't. And I just wanted to know more about it. And again, because they had narrative boxes and editorial boxes like I felt like it was a real live, living breathing thing just like the other universes I knew about yeah it got me too and as I confessed to you shamelessly I didn't know the word amalgam so I didn't know how to pronounce it and there's no internet so I'm just like amalgam comics I'm like okay <laughs> and it got me too I, I especially the letters columns once you have fake mm. letters being written in when people react to something I'm like whatever and again somewhat in my defense I had just started collecting comics mm. so everything was new to me Every I was just coming into this world and so there's lots of things that I was looking at on the racks and pulling up and looking at and it was new and it could be an issue one it could be an issue 17 and to me it was it had all the exact same validity as an issue from Amalgam Comics oh for sure and and then so I, I, was, I was in it, it was the Century right S-E-N-T-R-Y Century yeah. I'll take Century before there was Sentry, um, where they just kind of tried to fake, um, you know, fake everyone out into thinking that this character really existed. I guess it was kind of that thing. Although Sentry is just 
Marvel man, <laughs> right? It's just uh, Alan Moore's Marvel man. We're like, oh, a superhero it retires and forgets who he is. Hmm. And I didn't know that at the time either. I didn't know that was happening. So I was like, wow, this is a brilliant idea. This is so cool. I'm like, no, this is just. Were you, were you speaking of century, which is off the topic, but it's interesting? Do you remember all the fury, all the you know fury when that was coming out, and how Wizard had partnered with Marvel to basically lie to everyone about how this was yeah. like a, a, a character that had happened many years before. Stanley created it, but it was just left in a desk, and then yeah. they were going to you know publish yeah. this character. Like and what? What a fuss! Like oh, we're going to bring Joe in here, and he's going to do some Q and A, and. Yeah, I remember working in you know back then in the or, or sorry, some people talking about this in, when I was working in Marvel originally in the nineties. Or there was something about that. They would bring people in for fake interviews and yeah, the whole shebang. And, and I, I thought it was cool when I found it. It was a lie. I love a big lie. I love a good lie. I love when people a nice lie. Like this is this kind of thing that just like it's it's mostly for fun. It's just kind of a fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know engagement. But yeah, I remember all that. And uh, I was all in. Like, I was a super big Century fan for a great number of years, in no small small part due to Jay Lee and uh, Paul Jenkins' original sure. miniseries. And then I realized it, was, it didn't take me – it shouldn't have taken me so long. I was I was in denial. And then I realized that Marvel didn't know what to do with him. No one knew what to do with him. And that what was mostly a cool potential for a character ended up just being something like, well, we, we don't really know how to, how to do this. So, going to stop making sense we're going to make retcons on retcons and now i don't really know what he's doing languishing i don't know i think he was dead and then he was back and then he was dead who knows yeah well, maybe we'll actually just forget him and for you know for real this time and then he'll go away that's so sad it is especially because you know for a time there especially during world war hulk he was kind of this really big deal and he was a very important part of that storyline and some other ones that came out of that or, or that were adjacent to that or around that like mm-hmm. the Mighty Avengers storyline and then eventually Dark Avengers which is really cool and then oh yeah Dark Avengers was great I somehow doubt we'll see him in the MCU anytime soon I just don't think that they need to go down that road no I, although would it, what, what a world it would be if if that's where they go, anything. Hey, I'm, yeah, anything can happen at this point, right? Like we're we're getting uh, freaking Howard the Duck is in is in content has content right now. So it's true. Small small amount, but very small. Um, so that was not so. The after this comic book store, there were a few more that we did hit that day. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to them because I think we were fairly happy with pretty much all the stores were really polite, nice to us. Um, so we went to, I'm just trying to think of my list. We got BNL Comics. That's where we learned that Cash is King. Um, yeah. Which was yeah, a, he's a nice, nice owner there. It was interesting dichotomy because that felt like a very like old school comic shop. Um, mm-hmm. in like the, uh, whereas Carol and John's felt like newer, more modern, um, in terms of some of its approach, but it still had uh, obviously like large long boxes and back issues, that kind of thing. But whereas, uh, BNL felt much more at home in the, that kind of old school mentality. We had um, what was it called? North Coast Nostalgia or something like that. That's the only one I think I don't have on my list, uh, which is right down the street. Which I really appreciated about BNL. The guy was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we don't have free comic book day stuff, but if you want that, that's down the street, and you can go to this other place." Uh, which we also went to, and they were actually it was cool. They were doing a raffle. Um, so if you know if you bought at least ten dollars that day, you got a raffle ticket, and for every ten bucks, you got more raffle tickets. So we bought a bunch, and uh, we ended up kind of I gave a, gave away all of our um, yeah. It was called North Coast Nostalgia. I gave away our yep. raffle tickets. They were they were pretty busy, and um, that was where we found a bunch of the Malcolm comics, and I found 
uh, witchcraft, a Vertigo series called Witchcraft that I had never heard of before. It hasn't been placed in trade as far as I know. Um, and I wanted to pick up some, a gift for Amber, and I thought she might vibe with that, so I picked up a few issues of that. And everything was that we picked up also was discounted, so that was pretty cool. And then we ended up going back to Carol and John's the next day because I was like, oh, I forgot to look for Flash Trades. I should probably do that. And we, you found Witchcraft number three. So we you, we had been looking online uh, during the night to see if we could eBay it at, at all. But then we found it uh, at the you, store. You were looking on eBay because you, <laughs> you know that I have a commitment to completing sets of things and I'm weak. And so you're like, look, look over here. I'm like, I think it's my turn Mario Golf. And you're like, yeah, but look over here. I have this, uh, this option you could win. I'm like, can we, we're, we're still going to comic book stores. We're still on a road trip, literally right now. And you're like, okay, well, I'll just save this for later. So, yes, we found the third, the three of three. And still 50% uh, off, which was nice. Yeah, quite cheap, yeah. Now, I guess the, the most magical visit that we had in some ways was uh, not intended at all. So we're on the way back. Um, to to Canada, and it's we do we make a lot of stops. We go to Ollie's, we go to Walmart's. We're looking for toys. We're looking for all sorts of things. Um, so on the way to one, uh, we had passed where Walmart was, and there wasn't really another one for a while. And so I don't know if it was you or Paul who was like, "No, no, we're gonna we're gonna go back there for this." And when we go back there to do that, I'm like, "Well, is there any comic book stores nearby?" So I'm like, "All right, I guess I'll look it up." And so we did find a comic book place, which was. Uh, books galore in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And so we're like, all right, well, we'll go a little further. We'll go to this comic shop. Uh, it's about to close in like 20 minutes. So we go to this. It's basically like a little bookstore, but they have comic books as well. Uh, we don't know what to expect. Lots, lots of trades. Yeah. Lots of trades. And uh, so we walk in and, and of course, Paul finds his fabled uh, uh, Thor uh, visionary. So a place that we did not intend to go to. It was just kind of on a lark. And then we end up at the store, and he finds the one thing he wanted the most the entire weekend. Yeah, he was really, really happy. He was buzzing. He's still kind of, I think, right now, pretty excited about it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know how it is, right? Like, he, he thought he would never yeah. find it. He he found, what, the first two volumes, like, half off or something, and then he found the other three, uh, sorry, the other uh, volumes of three and four, and he thought that was it. And then he found out there was a fifth volume, and he was bummed about it, and it was, uh, you know, with classic you know Marvel stuff, uh, once you get to the fifth or sixth trade of a set, they have very low print runs, they're really hard to find, and then they're just gone. Uh, so he was experiencing this, and he was really kind of disappointed about it, very sour about it, but was hoping, hoping beyond hope. And then there it is in this store that we don't intend to go to, just nestled away, just waiting for him, was this Volume 5. So that was quite exciting. Yeah, and I was able to find, uh, discounted as well, basically the Chuck Austin run on Uncanny X-Men, except for the first volume. So that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it was and pretty cheap. Really nice. Yeah, they were really nice to us. And um, the he wasn't the owner, but he was the clerk there, and he was... Very knowledgeable, and he was talking to us about where we're from. And then he's he informed that we're from Toronto. He's like, "Oh yeah, you, you know, one million comics and Silver Snail." And we're like, "Yes, yeah. how do you know Erie, Pennsylvania, man?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've been up there, and I know a few people. And that's really cool to see how small the community is." For sure, that that, that kind of familiarity. He's like, "Yeah, well, maybe I'll see you at Fan Expo one year." I'm like, "Okay, cool. That's it could fun. happen." Yeah. It was so that uh, I, I found I, again like the the last amazing Spider-Man issue I was looking for I found there and that's when I discovered oh the issue I've been looking for was uh, really hard to find because it was the first full appearance of the Queen Goblin um, okay. which is so they had a few uh, copies of the second printing no one else even had the second printing so I was like you know what I don't care if it's a second printing or not 
it's it's the issue. It'll at least give me the digital code, so I'll have a full you know uh, digital run of uh, of the Beyond era. Uh, so I was just happy to have it. I really at this stage of my life, I'm not really caring about if it's first printing, second printing. No, I just want to I just want to own it. Like it doesn't really matter to me. I'm not a collector in that way. I just want to have the content, and I want to be able to have this collection of all these amazing Spider-Man issues. But I know it's not really going to be sold or go anywhere with it. But uh, so I was very excited to find that. So I found what I was looking for. Paul found what he was looking for. You found something you weren't necessarily looking for, but we're very excited to have at a very discounted price because it was you know very reasonable. So we came out came out of the surprise stop very happy. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic as far as trip goes. I think you know it's hard to. Lots of good experiences, lots of fun times um, and laughs, and um, you know, finding things. That, uh, several white whales for some, you know, are collecting. It's a great trip. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. It's interesting. The only thing I guess we didn't really find was epics, right? Like we uh, were on the look for look up for epics, but we didn't really see a lot there at the stores we were at. And the ones we were at, we only saw kind of the ones we we're used to seeing. There weren't uh, you know any surprises there. Yeah, and I mean, I'm mostly looking for one, uh, my, the X-Men second Genesis epic, that's mostly the one anyway that I'm looking for, and then those Ben Riley epics, um, mm. which are super hard to find, but uh, yeah, I mean, if there were deals, if there was any kind of, you know, especially with the US American pricing, sorry, uh, Canadian American pricing being what it is sometimes, it would have been maybe really nice, a good deal for us to find some epics, but um, all these is really what did it for me the last time we went down to this, you know, 12 bucks or something like that for an epic Collection. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that all day. Even if I don't intend to read it, I'll probably buy it. It's true. So all these weren't wasn't as good to us this time, but the comic stores were fantastic. That is interesting. Yeah, the Ollies between Detroit and Chicago were great. There was a lot of good choices. Um, there was enough that like you would spend you know, 15, 20 minutes just kind of perusing. And then once you've been to a few, you kind of knew the highlights of what you were likely going to see. Whereas this time it was really surprising. Like the first place had almost nothing there. Like if that had been the first Ollie's we've ever gone to, we may not have bothered going to more. Like it was, it, you know, it just had a very small selection, almost no Marvel. I think it was mainly DC and, you know, we're not DC guys. We're more Marvel guys. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting to see how different, I mean, I guess it really depends on which area you happen to go to. Like, I guess they're not all kind of distributed the same. Um, whereas, like, our closest equivalent would be, I guess, Dollarama, which sometimes will, you know, out of nowhere get $35 trades for, like, 4 bucks. But, you know, you, you also don't know when those are going to happen. And they're just they're there and then they're gone. And you'll never see them again. So it's very uh, hit and miss. Or maybe it's seasonal, right? Because we went, like, I don't know, mid-fall or something, late mm. fall. And then now, for some reason, is better spring. I don't know, but we'll try again. I'm not going to stop. I mean, I, we see so many people online, you know, showing their all these pickups that I, I'll keep trying it out. Have we ever seen any omnibus like at an Ollie's? Like, I don't think we've ever no. actually seen one. No. Like they happen. Like we've seen them happen. We see people, you know, talking about them and showing pictures online. And I've just, I've always, I want to be the guy. I want to be the guy to find one and be like, oh my god, this is great. Like, oh. even if I didn't want the omnibus, if it's like thirty bucks, I'm going to say yes. We'll just have to keep taking more road trips to the states, then. Well, I mean, we've had good, good, uh, good luck so far, so I feel like that's going to be happen at some point. So I guess the, one question is: so you know, would you do another free comic book day kind of road trip? Like again, being able to experience free comic book day, not you know, in places that we're used to, but instead kind of traveling elsewhere to see what they have and, you know, what their sales are going to be. Like, I don't think a lot of our places up in Canada usually do, you know, 50% off back issues and that kind of stuff. Like, I've never seen that. No, no, I know. Neither have I. Um, 
and I guess it was you know lined up timed with free comic book day I I, I just I'm so unused and not used to seeing that that I had I hadn't even really gone well this would happen again right if we did it again I just kind of in my head I'm like well this is a one off or maybe we just happened to be around sale time and mm-hmm. that this is this is a very poor inference very poor logic on my part like well maybe the, the comic book store the free comic book day happened when they were already doing a sale but no of course it's not so, yeah they were it's all about yeah putting it all together. There, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would do it to aim on the week if we just happened to work out fine. But um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't turn away from it. Um, I also didn't. I neglected to ask for the free comic book day hero clicks, the Spider Man figure. So I, I didn't ask a single store if they had it, and that was going to be one of the things I was like, oh, this will be different from back home where you can almost never find this free comic book day hero clicks. Oh, yeah, we should have asked. Available, but- didn't even think. Didn't even. I was in a frenzied mind for Marvel versus DC. So, <laughs> and I, well, uh, this has nothing to do with comics, but just more. Um, whenever I'm in the states, I do like to look for things that we don't have in Canada, whether it be chocolate bars, whether it be you know drinks of some kind. And we definitely found that with the nitro infused Pepsi. Yeah, that was interesting. I would probably have it again, but I wouldn't go out of my way. Like, what would you have it again? Uh, well, I have the fourth one, so I will drink it at some time okay. soon. Are you excited uh, to drink it? Well, to share it so I read about I read a bit more about it, and so we definitely yeah, poured what, it. What, what did it do to us? Tell me what it did to us. So we poured it incorrectly. That's the first thing. Because um, basically, the idea is that you're like a like a like kind of uh, certain beers. You're just supposed to kind of dump it upside down, and then like have it kind of fill the glass, as opposed to like that's what they meant by pour heart. Um, whereas I thought we did that. I thought we did a not vertical not a, no, not, a, not a not a not a full like not not hard enough okay. not the way it's meant to be. Um, plus, and this is you know the fault of the fact that we had you know we're in a hotel room with not a very good um, uh, you know beverage cooling system, and even <laughs> you know and even in the ice we had wasn't really doing enough of a job. So we didn't really yeah. have it properly chilled either. So I think that probably didn't help. Um, I don't. I, I don't. I think it's the type of thing where on a lark I might have one, but it's not something I could have ever, ever imagined kind of a de- developing a pattern for because it just it tastes so almost too creamy if that's the right word. Um, like it tastes like a creamy beverage and not doesn't have the zip I expect from a carbonated beverage. But yeah. obviously it's something different. This nitro infused again. I, I don't know what they're going to find next, but uh, yeah. again, always excited to find some weird flavor or something that we just don't have at home and. That's always the excitement to me of going to the States and, you know, picking up something like that. And it was fun because, you know, we all got to have one and see what it was like. And, you know. Well, if, st- if Steak and Shake can be a tradition, then maybe the nitro-infused Pepsis can be a tradition. you got to find the money we can. Now, that was a, a very disappointing part of our tradition, too, because as we told you, like, you know, the first Steak and Shake that we had ever been to was on our road trip in 2014. And so we, we had gotten lost off the highway in the Cleveland area. We pulled off. We saw a Walmart. And then we're like, well, we've got to eat somewhere we're really hungry. And then me and uh, and Richard were like, well, hold on. That place is called Steak and Shake. We're going there. And we loved it. And it was a whole experience kind of going down, sitting down. And this time – Did I call it Shake and Steak? Did I, did I do it? Did I sw- – I don't. Around. I don't think you did. I think you called okay. it a steak and okay. shake. I just don't want to seem like a big noob here, but clearly <laughs> I, I am. That's okay. Um, and this time there was the, the dining room wasn't open at all, um, so we just had to kind of eat it in the car, which is a very unsatisfying experience. Like it just wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when you have like the old A and W style, where like someone's on roller skates bringing out the tray in your car. Then apparently it's a whole experience, right? Mm-hmm. And when you aren't looking at that. 
somehow it was problematic. I mean, I didn't feel disappointed. I, I had fun. I think it was a fun. What's interesting about because we ordered online too, so we were able to kind of get more customized with what was on our burger, which I never would have done if I was sitting there, right? If I was sitting yeah. there, I would have just been like, I'll have the steak burger, but I wouldn't have been like, well, what sauce can I add and how much Double more sauce? Toppings. Yeah. So that that yeah. was at least part of the experience that was different. Um, I, you know, at least the last time that we went, we were at least able to go inside, right? I think we had steak and shake inside when we were going to Chicago, right? Yeah, I actually got to have a shake too, which was really nice. That's right. They didn't even have shakes. They were uh, it was out of order. Ah, oh, multiple fails for steak and shake All in, right. in but Cleveland. The rest of the trip was so good; it's made up for it. Absolutely. Well, Nate, thank you for uh, for ch- chatting about Free Comic Book Day and uh, what this trip was like. And I can't wait to take another. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to figure out what your next white whale is that we have to kind of search out and look for. Uh, something it's like those ben Ry- it's those Ben Riley epics. If you have listeners who have epic like one, five, or six, and you want to talk about maybe you don't have one. Them. I would have thought one would be easy to find. No, one one is not so easy to find. I have I have the ones in the middle. I have the Clone Saga one to five, and mm-hmm. and one you know I was like, oh maybe this will be tempting to find the first one. But I got a great EVP thing on that. So but do that, you do you re, do you rebuy those when they're Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection thirty? Adam, one hundred percent, I will be doing that. Yes, one hundred percent. See, if you didn't, I would have offloaded my my Ben Rallies to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, after I bought the Austin run, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get that last point, I'll get point one later. I'm thinking to myself, how far will they go with the Epic line? Like, will I be rebuying the Austin line in a few years' time? And I'm like, I'm going to be dead before they finish the X Men line. Of Epic, yeah, so whatever. If it happens, I think it's like ten years from now. Like, I don't think it's three years. Unless it exponentially uh, happens, I don't think. Did you hear the big news that uh, Marvel lost, or I don't know if they necessarily lost it, or you know the the license holder just decided to move it? But uh, Conan the Barbarian will no longer have new comics published by Marvel, but it looks like they'll still be able to publish the Omnibus and Epic Collection lines. Uh, I think the Omnibus they've almost finished because they've been pumping those out so fast. Uh, Now we kind of know why, but the Epics, I don't, I'm not sure what happens there. But I've been buying them, so I hope they don't stop them. And it is interesting to note that too, because they have obviously there's like you know opportunity cost, and like you can't print everything and put resources into everything. So there are these sometimes political or mm. I don't know, let's call it political decisions that they're making, going like, yeah, we have to make as many of these or print as many of these as we can. We have the license to stuff like that, and then maybe you're waiting for your Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, I think that's actually done. That's like one of the lines is actually done. Mm. You're waiting for your X Men. Yeah. Right to expand, and you're maybe going to wait a long time. That's true. All right, for uh, for listeners out there, you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail dot com. If you have, uh, if you know where to find the Ben Riley Complete Epics Volumes One, what five and six. Five and six, yeah. All right, please let us know. Uh, Nathan really <laughs> wants to find these volumes for a relatively reasonable cost, um, but uh, you know, let us know. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening as we continue the trek towards issue, uh, sorry, episode a thousand, which will be coming out on August twelfth. So just a, a short three months from now, uh, the show may or may not be ending, but at least we'll have the thousand, thousandth episode at any rate. So thanks again for joining us, Nate, and. To all the listeners, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.